Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chat of the Wild is part of the HyperX Podcast Network. To find out more information and other great shows, go to podcast.hyperx.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to just another episode of Chat of the Wild. This season, we are covering Spirit Tracks. I am your host, Brian Hour. Joining me, we have such gaming luminaries as BC Nelson. What's good, y'all? And Jonathan Dunn. Hello to everybody there. Gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Good, good. I mean, until I had to play this bit of the game. Uh... (laughs) This bit of the game. I put Elden Ring down long enough to suffer through the Sand Temple and uh, kind of regret that choice. Yeah, I mean, when you when you know that the time you're <laughs> the time you're spending playing this, uh, you could have spent playing Elden Ring, um, makes you, you know, question some choices. Um, I mean, that's true so, of any game at the moment, though. To be fair, it, yes, yes, I I did uh, finish the first part of this episode and then. Could not remember exactly what we had decided on, but I was I checked anyway because I was hoping that I was done and could go back to playing Elden Ring. <laughs> but it was not to be true. Dungeon no. and Tower, I believe, were the dungeon immortal words. And Tower, dungeon that classic and RPG, tower. Dungeons and Towers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I uh, will also be apparently taking over the role of a person who absolutely loves this section of the game. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Let's move forward. We start at the Sand Temple. So, okay, I guess right off the bat, wasn't having the best time. Um, <laughs> we get to... There's a lot of little moments in here where we got to stop in a room and fight a bunch of stuff. It happens like five or six times. Mm, it does, yeah. Um, but we also get... Uh, one of them we we like return to. There's a puzzle at the end. We also return to the same puzzle to do something else with, which I thought was kind of fun. But early on, these two fights were kind of dragging on me. I don't know about anyone else. This room, there's not a lot to do in it. Uh, there's like a boulder puzzle we have to mm. like weave our way through. Lots of moving boulders. And lots of moving boulders, yes. To this dungeon's credit, I will say they do 
a kind of good job of recontextualizing sections. So there's a lot of go through, do this, trigger something that changes this, and now you're going through the same section in a different way. That being said, a lot of those moments were incredibly frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all in all, I I, I didn't hate this dungeon. Um, I, I I didn't I didn't hate it. I got like the thing the thing that winds me up the most about this game in general is that it there's just there's not enough space to do what you want to do um and then and the speed at which you know what you want to do is not matched by the speed that how long it takes to actually then do it and this this dungeon is where it started getting like there was there was puzzles and battles and, and rooms and stuff that required you to switch items too many times this was the issue i had like when you've and got to this... not mess up when you use that item. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> when you've got this interface, you need to you need to understand that you know you can't have people pulling up the menu like a hundred times uh, and and not having like a precision to it. There's also not any um, any continuity between. This is a, this is a small thing. You might have noticed it. So when you obviously you've, if you've got your item uh, out like your bow and arrow or your boomerang, if you when you click on the button, tap the button to use it. Sometimes some of the items uh, will automatically default to you going back to controlling link. Some of them will stay on the item. Mm, okay. So the boomerang, you use it, and then it will immediately go back to controlling link. The bow and arrow, you stay on the bow and arrow. Okay. Does that All make? Right, I see what you're saying. You see what you see? What I'm saying, and it yeah. means yeah, that, that is weird. Yeah, it means that, like, so even if you can, even if you can think and go right, I know I need to now, I need to activate that and then deactivate it, and and then switch to this item, reactivate it, deactivate it. You've got another level of complexity in there that this game is just not made to handle. Like I don't know why they don't have like a little quick selection wheel for your items. I mean I know why because the frame rate. But um, if you just help, <laughs> like if, if you could just hold down on that item button and then see your other items up there, so you could quickly switch between them. Mm-hmm. That would make the there, game a lot better. There definitely has to be. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And, and so. To your point, Jonathan, I've been playing through this game and the last one, Phantom Hourglass, using the L button, uh, whichever shoulder button is your offhand, you can use that to kind of activate items. And that's how I played through Phantom Hourglass. That's how I've been playing through Spirit Tracks. And I find it difficult to believe that not just this section, but the next section was designed not to be two-handed. Because, yeah. like, the amount of switching you have to do with, let alone when we're going to get into switching items and moving things around and then also controlling Zelda, not oh, having God. the left button to yeah. bring up my item or let it go would be infuriating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that okay? So that does bring up a lot of the the issue with this is um, I think the items are tough to use in here. I think when you accidentally. Uh, mess up with the sand thing as we're going to get to here mm. after the next uh, the the second of the two little room fights I talked about um, this one has like general Stalfoses or super Stalfoses they've got little pirate hats oh uh, yes yeah. they're adorable um, but that leads us to our item which is the sand wand mm. is that what it's called 
the yep. sand wand. Something like that. Yeah, I remembered getting this, or as soon as I got it, I, I immediately remembered it and, and laughed and remembered huh. actually really liking this item a lot. Yeah, I think the problem with the next two sections is when you know what you're supposed to do, hmm. um, it's still a little tough to execute it, yeah. but figuring out what you're supposed to do takes a long time to execute it to gather all of the parts of the puzzle really i guess yeah like you need a bit of space for like trial and error and just exploring things mm-hmm. and you just just don't have that you don't have that. it takes it takes a long time to to try different um solutions mm-hmm. um i mean i do quite but, like, i like the sand wand as well i think it's i think it's good fun and i think I like I like the verticality that it brings to the you know to the to the dungeon. Uh, obviously, not a huge amount, but you know you've got to you've got to start to consider your height uh, a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. I like moving around boulders. I I do like the bits where you roll you know you put the boulder onto the the hammers and then it smashes the boulder somewhere. That's that's fun. That's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had something <laughs> sort of similar to that in Phantom Hourglass with like the hammer item, which just was always weird to me that you're you know you set this magical floating hammer running around the screen but it it's sort of like that and the shovel combined with this item but yeah we'll we'll be using rocks now that we have it we can manipulate rocks with with the ground because it raises sand up link can also jump on top of or can be raised up to another level on the sand which will come into play a lot more in the next section I, I don't know about the two of you, but I had an immense amount of trouble reliably moving things around with the sand. Um, mm-hmm. Especially there's a couple puzzles where, you know, not just boulders, but, you know, there's blocks that you have to move. Oh, and yeah. you had to line up these blocks. There's like a room right before the boss room where you had to line up these blocks so that they fall into these holes in a certain way. And... Mm-hmm. So many times they'd be like, all right, well, I just need to move this thing to the right. And I would hit the button and instead of moving to the right, it would move to the left. Or I would do something yeah. and accidentally undo it. Uh, and then you can't redo it again quickly because there's sand in the way <laughs> when you moved in the wrong direction. So now you had to wait for that sand to disappear. Um, and doing this on yeah. the Wii U pad was somehow a nightmare. I can't imagine what it was like on the DS. It, it just is weird, and I think the isometric uh, perspective does nothing to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, pu- you know, being precise in uh, where you're placing or which sandbox you're moving. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't struggle that much with like moving, moving like the blocks and the boulders around. But when when it came to having to be a bit more precise, like to raise link up, and especially those enemies that hide in the sand that you need to then. Mm-hmm. Run the sand wand over at the right time for them to pop up, and then to get Link uh, to pop up, so you can go over and hit them with your sword before the sand all falls down again. Um, I that was infuriating. Like I said, there's just it, <laughs> I was livid. Yeah, I was so yeah. angry because the sand doesn't stay up long enough to really uh, just a little bit longer. Just would a be little nice. bit longer, yeah. given given how. But then sometimes you're waiting for it to, to go down too. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's so. um, it's not it's, it's not great. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I think I said earlier in the season that I've just sort of surrendered myself to like this is what 
we're going to have. I've already suffered through Phantom Hourglass. I might as well kind of enjoy it. <laughs> That's the spirit, tracks. But yeah, they're just the redoing of the sand over and over for mm. some of these rolling pillars that we have to run across and getting it that just was, right. That was really frustrating, really frustrating. I let a couple, I know there was a couple of treasure chests with what I assumed was treasure in as opposed to mm-hmm. keys that I was just like, no, no, I'm just not going to get that. <laughs> I, I do not care enough uh, to, uh, to try and do this. Um, there's that one where there's like three of those rolling spike pillars going across horizontally. And I'll mm-hmm. no, there's, I, mm-hmm. no, 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 Yeah, luckily those were optional. Um, I also like how there are parts of this dungeon that you don't actually have to do. Um, but it will give you a hint for where, like, a key is hidden. But, yeah, I like that you could accidentally find that key. You could also get the hint for the, the dungeon, from the puzzle. For the dungeon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The final uh, room is one of those block puzzles. And I guess we should maybe describe it a little bit better. Um, that it has a like a key, I guess, on, on one end. There is a shape that needs to fit into... It's on a cube <laughs> into a spot on the ground. And you need to line it up just so that, it, that the cube flips over and lands on that. And this one has two blocks with two different colors... Um, each set will open up a different door. And so the blue door will lead to the boss key. The red door will open up the actual boss door. And so you have to set it to one solution for half of the puzzle, for half the room and then change it again, which I don't know. I like, I like these kinds of puzzles. So yeah, I quite liked liked it. Yeah, I had fun messing with this. I, uh, I I don't enjoy solving these types of puzzles for some reason. Like my brain, <laughs> like I'm all I'm I'm pretty good with some types of puzzles. Some types of puzzles are just like I can't visualize the next move, you know. So mm-hmm. with these, I was just sort of like rolling these cubes around, uh, just thinking, oh, like I'm just gonna have to keep doing this until I, you know, it, it goes in because I I couldn't plan. I couldn't plan far enough ahead. I couldn't. I couldn't visualize it to think. You know, to to, to sort of reason my way in there. So I, I, it took me a while. Um, but yeah, I like. I like the. I like the double use of um, of of, mm-hmm. of these blocks. Uh, that was really. That was cool. It's nice. Yeah, I I do like the the reusing of of rooms in this this whole place. And and this is has this puzzle has sort of a like a Rubik's cube quality to it to where. There's an you know an easy trick to spinning the blocks around in the corners or you yeah know, stuff like that. One thing that was kind of annoying about that room is that depending on where you were standing, it would either like move the camera all the way down to show the block puzzle, which is helpful. But if you wanted to cross to the north, you had to make sure you were standing mm-hmm. as close as you possibly could to. The river of sand that you needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had that problem too. Which there's like a, they introduce later in this dungeon a quicksand that can be turned into normal raised sand, mm. but it will uh, eat Link if you walk on it normally. And yeah, that that was pretty annoying. I did get that too. Um, how about uh this boss fight? Did anybody else? <laughs> have as much fun with this boss as i did i loved this boss 
Uh, genuinely, oh this is great. Like, the, I think this is my favorite boss uh, in uh, that we've done so far. Um, mm. I really, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked this is easily my favorite uh, DS boss, mm. like out of all of them. Which uh, Phantom Hourglass had some good boss fights, but I enjoyed the hell out of this. Mm. Really, really cool. It was quite, quite sort of clear what you needed to do. Um, there wasn't the usual sort of massive slowdown that we've had with the last couple of dungeons uh, bosses, uh, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. Like it's satisfying when you got it right as well. BC. I, I'm going to disagree. Not a fan. <laughs> um, I, I legitimately finished this boss fight and thought, man, that was Phantom Hourglass bad. Um, <laughs> oh, I, poor Skeldritch. <laughs> Skeldritch. He's an ancient demon. Come on, respect your elders. <laughs> the conceptually I'm sorry, cool Skeldritch. boss, I think it just goes back to I was not having any fun controlling <laughs> the sand blocks in a city yeah. okay. you change yeah. the viewing angle of trying to like manage where the where the boulders were going and actually get mm-hmm. them to go to the right place and then also navigate like all right well i need to get this here and then walk around them so that this is at the right angle yeah uh, and i have to just throw up a bunch of random sand walls to keep the boulders from running into each other. I loved it. I was really, I was giggling the whole time. I was really surprised <laughs> at how well uh, the DS actually handled the, um, the... So the bits where, yeah, you have to set a boulder uh, on on one of the traps to... to uh, we haven't even described what, what this boss is. Mm. Uh, but it's basically, yeah, it's a massive tower uh, with a skull on it. And... Uh, it, it, has a, it has a lot of that... Um, what was it? The 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 prison in um, Twilight Princess, that boss where we used the spinner to like break mm. bits of his spine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it has that feeling to it, except it's one big tower of that guy. And yeah. as it goes along, his his spine is protected on certain angles and you have to like set up a trap behind him and then and use that. But it, it really does come down to your I don't know, uh, like how much you like using the sand wand. Yeah, yeah. If you're not into the sand wand, this would be really tough. I could see that. I uh, yeah, I was surprised because I I assumed that when so if you've set up a boulder going to hit him, but then you have to run all the way over to the other side of the arena, so he's facing you, so that his weak spot is exposed to the boulder. Then mm-hmm. you have to fire an arrow across the arena to trigger the trap to shoot it. I am one surprised that the um, DS was able to generate something at that that length of distance because uh, <laughs> I fully expected it to disappear once I'd got the to the Elmer's other side of the arena. Starting, uh, yeah, the Elmer's but, glue is starting to separate. Yeah, uh, but then also actually, like, um, it's a strange thing. Like when you obviously you, it's the same when you, when you're firing your cannon on the um, on the train. When you tap on the screen, you're obviously tapping a 2D interface to basically the game to then know that you to to then put that in a 3D space. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so like tapping tapping the switch to to fire your arrow at um, on the other side of the arena doesn't from the angle you're at doesn't feel like that's where it's going to go because it, like, yeah. it feels like he, he's going to fire it. Link's going to fire it in that direction relative to where you're looking at it but anyway the game the game the game figured it out 
<laughs> yeah, we had this. We had a fight like that in Phantom Hourglass, where uh, I was like, "I like this." I had to fire where I couldn't see the target, and BC was like, "I hated this." I had to fire where I couldn't see the target. Yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah, there is a bit of that to this. this I didn't fight too, enjoy. I, I didn't enjoy the second phase of the fight as much because that is when you've you've just got his skull left with his big jewelly that was exposed, annoying. and you have to yeah you have to like raise the sand up to trap him and raise yourself up to then run round and and hit the hit the thing hit his exposed brain uh as you do yeah um i was uh that was, that was pushed. i figured that was you could have just let that end like you know yeah. or, that was or, the end of the fight yeah i would have been happy yeah or like if if he was like if he was munching around the uh the arena like okay say for example say for example that his weak spot was actually his jaw like the or the underside of his skull so you just saw the top of his head like going around and then you had to use the sand one to like shoot him up and then he'd like fly up turn upside down you smack him with a sword a few times you do that three times that's your second phase but i think the the idea of the idea of trying to raise Link up and mm-hmm. something else up to fight. It was the same problem I had with those sand enemies in the dun- in the actual temple. It's yeah. just it's too finicky. And the time, you know, the, it, you don't have the time to do it with the level of accuracy that it allows you to, to do. It's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but pff, he died anyway. Well, he was already dead. He's a skull. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, my thoughts exactly on the second section. I will add that um, if you get knocked off at the edge, uh, he can just stand there and it will spawn you right back where you fell off and he can knock you off again. Oh, yeah. And that might happen to me, but that's uh, that's tough. Three or four times before you get out of it. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, I think what about making this better we've already been playing you know snooker this whole time why not just <laughs> why not great. just you know treat him like a cue ball and and knock him off the edge because you yeah. know there's a pocket all the way around the table that you're on yeah and just, that would have been a good way to, to that'd end be the great fight. there's been no there's been no snooker based zelda bosses have there right uh hey breath of the wild 2 can't come soon enough guys man <laughs> can't wait for all of that <laughs> As get, long as we don't have the uh, the, the, the white glove demon uh, oh, to, to grab his head out and put him back in the middle. That would that be would uh, in Smash Brothers. Master Hand. Mm. Getting the Master Indeed. Sword. Anyway. So that's the end of Skeldrich. Um, poor guy. Mm. He was adorable. Hey, uh, I forgot about his laser blast. I'm glad I forgot about that. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he also attacks you. <laughs> to make the, so, the uh, we, I don't think we we mentioned that he is also quite yeah. aggressive. He uh, shoots uh, he shoots the the boulders and he shoots his lasers. Um, yes, it's true. So anyway, uh, this now nets us the bow of light, um, which we've used this in like Minish Cap, where if you hold the mm. the bow button down, it goes like it twinkles on the end, and you get a a super arrow. You get a light arrow. And I, I just have to wonder why, because at this point <laughs> in the game, there's no reason that you want to use normal arrows. And the light arrows don't take up any magic because we don't have a magic meter or anything. You just want to use the light arrows. So 
they could have just made it automatic. You get the bow, mm. you get yeah. the light arrows, yeah. but they had to add in, oh yeah, you have to hold for a little bit longer if you want the light arrows, which you literally always want. I guess it gives the game yeah. like, uh, an extra second to load something, doesn't it? <laughs> it needs all yeah, the help it can get. But no, but but the GBA had it had this mechanic too. So I which and I tried to use it there you in have that a magic final meter battle in Minish Cap, it, don't you? No, you have a like a sword filling up meter for when you can use your like dupla link. Oh man, it's been too long since I played that one. Oh, that's a good one. You should play it. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. I, I didn't like it there. It, it, I don't really care for it here. Um, it just makes me not want to try that as an item because it's not something I can quickly use. Because, like, when we fought those Stalfos earlier in this dungeon, you hit them twice. Uh, you know, I just dropped 12 arrows into the room and that was the end of it. But you can't do that with light arrows. You have to hold it for a second. So mm. it's, you know, whatever. It's basically only used on these gigantic eyeballs and probably the final boss. And so... Almost certainly. Huzzah. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right here. Um, and when we return, we're going to choo-choo our way back to the tower for you. Yay. Hello, my name's Jonathan Dunn, host of the O3C podcast. Every week I'm joined by my two best gaming buddies, Chris and Minty, and we talk about the games we're playing, the games we love, and how they rank alongside our sacrosanct top 100 favourite video games of all time lists. Deep dives into gaming mechanics, history and lore abound, all topped off with lashings of irreverent wry British wit, witterings and wisdom. For details on the show and more, head to o3c.games and tune in every Monday on the HyperX Podcast Network. Loot drop incoming! Get to the drop at HyperX.com for store-wide savings. HyperX wants to help you gear up with deep discounts across all categories of HyperX gear. Get there quick, though. Once March ends, so does the madness. It's the HyperX Loot Drop 2, going on now at HyperX.com. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, uh, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Returning to our train, I forgot Angene was just like hanging out in the train. Um, that's cool. So she's all like, cool, that's great. We got that arrow. Um, and we're all like, yay, let's go tell us where he is. And we get a, you know, comical moment of, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Everybody just kind of hits the ground. Uh, wh- what? I'm like, yeah, I, I really, I have no idea. So um, we'll just, I don't know, let's go for a ride and maybe we'll find him. But in the backseat is our passed out, but not really passed out, uh, friend, uh, front man of the Talking Heads, Dave Byrne. And he's like, I know where they are. <laughs> you overheard them talking in a pub. Uh-huh. It's CBGB's. Yeah, I, I, they would tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heard him bragging about it in the cell next to him. 
Well, basically, he's the one who helped them. Oh, um, yeah, they, that. Cole could not have achieved this without Burn, is what he gets at. He's like, yeah, I, I was the one that helped navigate the very final section of the tower in the basement. Which gets us to a magical compass, which, uh, huzzah, you can use that to find him. Easy. Also, there's a sword. Oh, yeah, not the master sword, though. No, it's not. Don't worry about it. It's not a master sword at all. It's the Lamo sword. No, was it the oh Locomo Lo- sword? Locomo sword. Uh, Locomo. Um, Locomo. As in locomotive. Uh, so the wildest thing about the Locomo sword is it's not like we unlocked it. We didn't dig it up. We didn't restore its power. Mm-mm. No, she just had it just wrapped handed. up under the seat. Just like her, spirits used to use in this. her hand Why? luggage. Yeah. Angine, or Angin, however you're supposed to pronounce it. It's just it's Angen. It. It's like Jurassic Park. Ingen. <laughs> we could have been using this the entire time. Yeah. The whole thing with collecting tears and the phantoms. Yeah. Could have done that from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, she's literally, I mean, she's literally right there. Oh. Well, until now, only spirits have wielded this blade. That's that's the only thing we're really given about it. It does. It's not until now you were not ready to wield this blade. Mm. Um, uh, Zelda's a spirit. Yeah. Why, why didn't? Could she have had this blade? She's a woman. Um, it's I seriously. And Jean has some really outdated uh, views on stereotypes. Awful. Yeah. I I, I guess because it's just like <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, and then before we left. She's like, I farted, princess, it's in your hands now. And, like, that's just weird, I guess. Put it, don't do that to people's hands, Angie, and uh, send them on their way. But I told my wife that you named Link I farted uh, for the purpose <laughs> of this joke, and I showed her that screenshot that you sent us with that exact uh, phrase. Um <laughs> I farted, princess. It's in your hands now, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's uh, she's left me. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. What? What? Um, I'm well. I'm married, so <laughs> bad. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know it was a really good joke, and <laughs> it immediately endeared you to me. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let her know I'm married. So yeah, I will do. I will do. I don't, okay. I, I'll be honest. These... I don't. I don't think that's the direction she was going in. But oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought she was a fan of comedy. Anyway, <laughs> as we leave, uh, we can just like what head to the tower. Uh, we there is a what is it? Uh, one of those archways, just kind of off to mm, the side. It's nearish, um, isn't it? But it gets yeah, you and it's... slightly nearer. I didn't want to have to worry about trying to find my way back through the sandy no. sandy maze. Um, yeah, sandy maze caves. Sandy yeah. maze caves. Yeah, with all the bunnies. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, no. None of that, please. Uh, no, it really just drops us back onto the spot in the water area where. Mm. Well, actually, the the beach area in the water area where <laughs> we just were before we did all this puzzle stuff, uh, which we can choo choo our way straight to the tower. Uh, after we mess with like some sand sharks, which appeared immediately when I got back to the normal area, but yeah, um, so Tower of Spirits. Uh, Before we, we get gotta... there, 
Okay. Did you like so okay, so I had a look on Zelda Dungeon to be like, mm-hmm. right, I'm assuming I can just go straight to the tower, I'm not gonna miss anything. But my goodness, it looks like there are basically two other dungeons uh as like oh, optional stations. There's lots of stuff out there. That's mad. Uh, I want to go check it out, but uh, I had Elden Ring to play this weekend, so I just ignored it all. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, we'll see if uh, we'll see if you had the patience to do it uh, next week. Um, but I want to go. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, 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 I didn't. I was like, no, I, I'm to go into the tower, same as you, Elden Ring. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I uh, mean, this morning I I putted around the map a bit. Yeah, but, um, but there's two, there's like the what's, what's it called? There's the ends of the Earth station, and then there's the the ocean floor there's lost at sea yeah, yeah i think sea station yeah something I don't just, know. yeah they're like proper like multi-floor dungeons and a uh we have a full another um thing in the castle town where there's that oh, business that we that's, can go not, in. that's not happening we but <laughs> you can do all five of them now and uh that's another thing you could possibly do that's just a I think Jeremy said this before, but this game opens up kind of late. Yes. Yeah. We're, yes, it does. There doesn't need to be that level of stuff right before the end. It would have been nice to have some more <laughs> stuff to do at the beginning. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, also, after sparse, I've had to it? deal with moving stuff around with a sand wand, mm-hmm. I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're about to do more sand wand. And this time it gets even worse because we introduce Zelda into the mix. Um, that is what really drives a lot of this section down for me is just the back and forth thing of Zelda. Like, it doesn't matter how much fun I had uh, because things are open and I have plenty of decisions to be made, and nothing is told to you really at all, and you've just got to figure it all out. And I thought it was great, except for the fact that you have to constantly be walking all the way back around these rooms to get back to certain phantoms so yeah. that you can have a different Zelda with you it's... to try out different things. But all of the phantoms are here. You just got to stop and swap them constantly but they're in a pitch black room that you can't see right it's um it it, again it feels really i don't know really unconsidered uh what the game's asking you to do in terms of the complexity of just simply like the the basic mechanics of using zelda and link Mm. using an item which is already tricky and convoluted to do but then adding in about four hundred new things, it meant that I couldn't enjoy the puzzles because I like I liked I liked the idea of the of what they're doing with this whole this whole section, sort of like a mega mix, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and, and using everything you thought of. And I wanted just to be able to focus on the puzzles, but I'm not. I'm focusing on <laughs> how on earth do I do this? Am I am I doing this right? Is this something wrong with me? Am I doing this wrong, or is this the game? Is this? Am I meant to be here? Why is this here? Why why am I not playing Elden Ring? You know, it's like... Yes. (laughs) There there is something to be said for um, being able to have that aha moment in a Zelda anything. You know, wherever you are in a Zelda game. Like, to be like, oh, yes, that's what I need to do. That's awesome. But then if that (laughs) aha moment is immediately followed up by, oh, my God, 
the 12 steps it takes for me to achieve that aha moment I just had. Like, the, to know how long it takes and how annoying and roundabout it is to go get the stuff you need to come back to this exact spot and do what you just thought of. That That is a detriment. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, the, what what we've got here is like four different rooms and four different floors. But okay. So there's a big room with a bunch of uh, different kinds of phantoms in it. You get to them through different stairways in different points on the room, like below it and above it. Um, one of them, like they... they they require different uh, solutions to the room to open up doors, which gives you shortcuts between areas. But the final one, the one with the rolling phantom, like, I just wanted that room so bad. I just needed that room to be open. Yeah. <laughs> because once it is, it it makes, you can you can open up all the floors, basically, and it makes it a little bit easier to do some of this stuff. Yeah. But, Such like, you have to crisscross lava yeah. uh, on her back multiple times like four or five times not only that you have to hit switches in lava on zelda's back on separate sides of the room without getting caught by a phantom which doesn't end up being hard it's just tedious to wait for him to walk through the lava pool Um, yes the other thing is there's so many sections where you have to raise the sand and move Zelda. Uh-huh. And heaven forbid you miss one block. And all of a sudden you drop down and you have to Zelda falls in the sand and you have to redo the entire thing that you just did. Well, heaven heaven forbid that you get to the spot, the safe spot that you're supposed to be, where you have to use you have to get on top of Zelda and then walk with Zelda to an area where then you hop off of Zelda on a higher spot where a treasure chest is. If you accidentally hop off Zelda and miss the higher spot, you then have to bring Zelda all the way back. And because she's standing on a safe space, she will then respawn on that safe space. If she falls into the sand, you can't just be like, all right, Zelda jump in the sand, go back to where the puzzle starts (laughs) where I jumped on your back earlier. No, you have to then carefully walk her back, then hop back on her, and then go try again. Also, once you open the chest and then you try and jump on her back, if you mess that up, same thing. Awful. This is so yeah. This is the least fun, I mean, <laughs> by far the least fun I've had in this game, and it's it's <laughs> it's down there with some of the the worst moments I had playing Skyward Sword, uh, which I, was a wholly miserable experience for me. Um, not wholly, that's unfair, but mm. certainly the first 10 hours, uh, before I figured out, I got my head around the controls, sort of. Anyway, that's a story yeah. for another day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there is, that they have really, uh, evolved a lot of the, the ideas from Phantom Hourglass, and they've made some really cool dungeons, uh, a lot of it is just their their solution is we're just not going to tell you a lot of what's in these rooms, but you still get the layout map above you. Um, but they've never figured out how to make Zelda work. This whole Phantom Zelda controlling her 
it just never feels right. It never comes together. I don't know um, why you can't just... I mean, if they'd have made it so you just switched control between Link and Zelda and you controlled Zelda the way you control Link, would, mm-hmm. that would that already would be so much better. I mean, I know that it means you can't do the, oh, why don't you keep if this you guy distracted? Yeah. If or, you could control her the way you control Link, or you could make a path and set her on that. Or if, both you, would could, be nice. uh, if you could use the D-pad to control both of them. That idea, will yeah. ne- that idea will never catch on. Sorry. Uh, they weren't ready for that. I will they say, weren't ready for that. One game did that, and then when they re-released that game, they took that out. Mm-hmm. Talking about you, the world ends with you. Wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> High five, BC. Yeah. that's uh, For the listeners, that's one of my biggest gripes with every re-release of The World Ends With You, is that mm-hmm. you can't control both characters, which was kind of the cool selling point of the whole game. But we digress. Mm-hmm. No, no, you and I have like <laughs> just cried about that a lot uh, on podcasts. So um, this this room takes forever to get all the way around. We eventually get down to this to the to the crowning achievement, which is three locked doors. Each locked door needs a different kind of phantom. Pray that you have that phantom when you go into that room the first time. For if you don't, you have to go fetch it from a previous room. For the most part, one of them drops the, uh, what is it, the warping phantoms, where you have to, like, oh yeah, get the little, uh, Wispy the little probe droid. And so they give you one of those in there, but then you have to, like, each, each room requires a different kind of phantom. And it's fun, but it takes forever to go get the other phantoms. So once you get through those three rooms, uh, you now we get like a big uh, room boss challenge, but it's not like, you know, it's just a bunch of waves of enemies coming after us. Uh, you need Zelda to take out the metal electric chews. You can take out the general Stalfos guys, and then Zelda and you have to work together on the red Geo zards or whatever they are charizards yes yes charizard right um you you actually for the the geozards you can just rip their shields off and stab them in the face oh yeah that's right (laughs) but it is helpful to put zelda in the middle of the room so she can act as a shield when they breathe fire everywhere good strategy because it will hit you it will the, the fire will hit you i'll remember that for the next time i play through this bit Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, and when you do, make sure you listen to Chat of the Wild Season on Spirit Tracks. Available soon. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that fight, great, fun, it's over. Zelda's like, I think that's it. We've finally beaten the game or something. And I'm like, uh, girl, no, no, we're not done yet. The final room. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I actually really enjoyed this room. The uh, the all of them are pretty close together, so it doesn't take too much to switch Zelda to a different one. Um, you need all three types to ultimately finish the room. You have to light the torches to open the the door. Um, war- you have to. We have to do that thing where we knock one of the probe droids across sand so that Zelda can warp to past the sand because she can't walk on it 
and uh, and then use the boulder guy to basically knock out a bunch of them and uh, those what are those Armos guys that are blocking our way. But yeah, you have to kind of, and they're all patrolling, so you you want to sort of make it, it, there is some waiting around here, I guess. If or you could just go into it. I don't know. Uh, how did you guys a- attempt this? This is one of the areas where it's super beneficial to just leave Link in a safe zone and just focus yeah. on what Zelda's doing. Focus on getting her mm-hmm. life together. Um, <laughs> the to for the warp point instead of blowing the the sentry across the sand, I just got detected. And if you run across the sand, the other oh yeah uh, yeah the other phantoms, even though it's doing the alarm, they can't get to you because they just fall and die in the sand. Right. Okay. That's cool. I guess you could have done that the other time they they made us do yeah. a puzzle like this. Yeah, um, I, I, but yeah. yeah, I think I mean, the, if if I guess as I guess mm. as long as you have Zelda already taken over by the warping phantom, then you're good to go on that. Yeah. Otherwise, the warping phantom would would then attack you. So, mm. but yeah, okay, go ahead, Jonathan. If you could, if Zelda could transfer between bodies herself, that would make this more enjoyable. That would that would be great. I mean, I, yeah, I, I feel like this is me just saying if a lot. Uh, but uh... <laughs> well, we are we yeah. are yeah suggesting ways as yeah. to how the the Zelda is the biggest problem with this game. Yeah, the thing that I think is a bit annoying. Well, one of the things that I think is a bit annoying about this dungeon is that it requires you to talk to the phantoms with Zelda, which is a feature. Oh, yeah. that's oh, really yeah. easy to forget that you can do. Yeah, I yeah. I did it by accident. When I tried to, I thought, oh, I wonder if I can just attack this this mm-hmm. guy. And she just chatted him up instead. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was purely by chance I found, I found that. Yeah, I had for, I had run into that, that discussion between the, with Zelda and the other Phantom. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll do that later. And then I got to a point where I had done everything. And I was like, what do I do and I completely forgot um, until I read the the stone, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Zelda did talk to someone." Okay, fine. <laughs> I I love <sighs> that the entire conversation is the other phantom going. There's a weak spot in the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 we, we gotta get. We gotta hire someone. Get some estimates. This guy is terrible at small talk. <laughs> <laughs> He's the foreman. <laughs> I'm going to just do that at work. It's like, use the key to get into the break room. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, that, yeah, once we get past that door, that's it. We we step into the room, Zelda pops out of her armor, and we grab a compass of light. Huzzah! Ta-da! Compass of, yeah. Um, it, it immediately uses itself. And uh, and reveals a new spirit track right by our house, just directly next to our house. Only we'd had that at the start. Hmm. Well, you know, we had to <laughs> help the. We had to build the tower so that we could watch the boss do something. Did we even build the tower really for anything? Uh, well, you know, if you build it, they'll come. 
Yeah, I guess. What, what Kevin Costner told me. Yes, he did do that. Yeah. Um, in that movie, I didn't see ever. <laughs> I think I saw, I probably saw that at a drive-in when I was like four. Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's the end of the Spirit Tower, guys. Woo! Thank goodness. Well, I say thank goodness. No, I thank goodness this bit of it is over. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Now we can, you can go putt around the map if you want. If you don't, I think we're going to head into the big death spiral that is hanging out right near our house and finish the game for the next episode. So um, that'll be fun. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll probably uh, swoop up uh, our friend Jeremy. Um, he can ride in. I don't know. I've got room for him, guys. I, I know. I don't know about any of you guys, but I've got some room in my passenger car. So we'll swoop him up after that. Hey, and what? And when we do that, we'll all be miserable, and this game will be over, and and we'll see you next week on Chat of the Wild. Chat of the Wild. <laughs>